Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Welcome to the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff. I'm your host, and we are in the new year. Happy New Year, listeners. And we're going to kick off the new year by having a conversation with Lulu, who went from growing up in Mexico to Australia by herself, and her life's project is raising her beautiful baby boy. Lulu, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you are um, an adventurer. You left Mexico and Australia by yourself. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I arrived here back on 2009. And then, like me, lots of people do this. I found community when I got here that they were all new in Australia. So uh, they're still my friends now. And then you just start doing your life the best as you can. You start from nothing. And then you build your life back, whatever you can do it, right? Like, it's amazing. It's, it's been a, such a positive experience to live here. That's awesome. When was your son born? My son born on 2019, um, at the end of 2019. And then it was just a, such a special moment in my life because we fight so hard to have a baby. It was just a journey with like you expected and you wanted it and it was a lot of hardship around that it was not easy and then when i have it it was just oh it just feels so lucky and you just feel i just want to be mom and then i have him and i was just feeling so happy about that and you know it's just like you are in this bubble of love and i'm just so lucky so then yeah 2019. And so that was kind of the beginning of COVID or was it? Yeah, well, um, COVID here in Australia, everything shut down in February. At the end of February 2020, my son was around five months by then. So I I had my baby like in the pre-COVID and then at five months, everything shut down, basically. Like, yeah, like COVID in Australia impacted so many lives. And everything shut down in Australia for a very long time. So I was yeah, new in Melbourne and then I have this little baby and I had to fix my apartment. I have all the boxes coming, all the furniture. Wow. And yeah, so I no one could go into the apartment. So no one could help me. Basically, I have to unpack everything and wow. moving, moving, moving estate, basically, yes. With a little baby and no family. No family. And yeah. my family in Mexico got sick of COVID very early. So you have all this worry because you don't know. You didn't know what COVID was. And then all your friends and family started getting sick. And then it was just not very nice time for anyone, yes. 
Yeah, very difficult. So you have your baby boy and you're over the moon, very so excited to have this child. It was a difficult time getting pregnant. When do you think that there's something different in how your boy is growing up? I didn't notice anything. I absolutely have no idea. I have no other kids. Talking to other parents when they just have one child and then being in lockdown and no socializing with other parents who have another baby the same age, I just never noticed. I never noticed anything. Um, he looks happy. I was so happy. He was just, yeah, I just never noticed anything. But my husband did. My yeah. husband was the one who noticed since he was five months that he was absolutely out of charts, obsessed with fabrics, textures, with um, anything he could buy. You will think, oh, any baby does that. But he was really obsessed. And then he, by nine months, my husband told me he's not answering by his name. He's not sounds in the back. And I was like, it's a lockdown. Like, he doesn't know his name. It's a lockdown. And then he said, oh, you know what? The 12-month checkup coming with the doctor. So let's just ask him. And then I started looking in the internet because I thought if I sing a song, if I do a technique, he will learn his name. He will answer his name. And then the only thing I could find uh, tips, it was autistic, 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 no answering his name, early sign, early sign. But then I start thinking, but he does this, he's walking, he's that. So you start thinking, it's not that because he does this and that and that, right? So then I was lucky enough that around the corner where I live is the number one expert in autism in Melbourne and in the whole country, basically. And I finished there. Like the GP gave me a referral. I went there. I just want to check his fine because it's a 12 month checkup. So you just like, they measure the way, they measure the head, they measure like, I don't know. I didn't expect it. I thought she will tell me it's a lockdown. And then she was very kind. She observed him for 90 minutes. She sit with him. She sit with me. She was talking to me like I'm talking to you uh, about nothing. Like, not, no, I mean, no, nothing, but about my life and about like, you know, whatever. She was sure. not talking to me about my son. And then she just like come back and said, look, um, he has very specific red flags of autism. I do strongly encourage you to look an assessment. At this age, he was 12 months. He was very evident, very evident. I could not see it. She can, because she's an expert. And then she explained to me why. Because the part of the joint attention, he's not looking at you. And he's, so she was very kind. She put me in the right direction. And then it was on me, right, to... I said, what do you mean he doesn't look at me? And then she told me, she told me two things. She said, take the TV off and the, what? the TV, like electronics, okay. anything yes. that has distractions for him, take it off. 
and put him in childcare straight away today. The voice that she had was so urgent and was so scary for me to hear as a mom that I left, I walk home, I saw one childcare and I get in. And I said, you have to take my son <laughs> because the doctor told me to put him in childcare. I think he has red flags of autism. And then I filled the paperwork and he started the following day. Wow. And then I went home. I took the TV from the living room, put it in the closet. And I sit in front of Emilio, my son. And I said, what do you mean he's not looking at me? I was thinking, and then he never did. He never looked at me. He never acknowledged that I was there. And then, oh, that's what they mean. Oh, all right. Okay. Makes sense. That makes sense. And then the following day that I went to childcare was the first time actually I see with other kids. All of them, I was totally a stranger. Totally like they don't know me. Right. All the babies look at me. All of them. <laughs> you just have to spend two seconds with one. And they are giving you things, toys, right. cars. And then you, all right, that's what they, it's what it is. And then I went through the list. I straight away, that was October, December. I could, thank you God, find a psychologist to agree to have a diagnosis this young. And then I have diagnosis level three ASD on the 5th of December, 2020. So at 14 months, I knew at 12, but at 14 months, I was able to organize therapies, organize funding, organize everything. January, I start with speech therapy, occupational therapy. I enroll in different courses online before, and then I start working with him from responding to your name to look at you. I did a lot of things very crazy <laughs> that I that helped him. So then I work in the order that I research that he has to answer your name, he has to look at you, he has to give you things, he has to point. And then is when all the words came. And then it took me six hours. I resigned my job. I just six hours every day of playing, playing all wow. day, all day. Then I used to go to the park, take his shoes off, run with him, um, dig holes in the dirt. He was not interested in playground. Wow, what dedication. And then sitting with him every single day, like until he looked at me, I got bean bags, running, crashing, throwing him in the bin because he was baby, throwing him in the bin by buying balls. Then, is, he, is he laughing when you're doing this or? or? <laughs> no, like no. he had no awareness of me. Like that was crazy. Like, because you could see it. Like then at around, I don't know, probably three months after, uh, he looked at me 
is when uh, you are like, he look at you, but he doesn't look at you. You mean like, he look at you, but that time he look at me like, oh, you're funny. Like, you know, oh, you're there all the time. <laughs> like, um, then, you know, I got it. I got that, like, you know, glaze in the eye, look at you. Like, I was like, oh, I got him. I, I just, you feel so proud of yourself. Like, yes. And then uh, swimming pool in, um, it was classes. They start opening a little bit for COVID and anything I could find anything I could think yeah that so basically I started 12 months working in different things the lady in the childcare, her nephew is autistic so then I was very lucky to find someone that knew a little bit because it's a lot of this information that people really don't know and it's not their fault because I didn't know no one really knows very right. well and then she used to call me every day and well not every day like the times when my son was there like twice and she said oh after two months from 12 to 14 he was answering his name he was like oh no look he's looking at me he's answering his name he's answering his name and then i was like oh my god like well what is next like what is next in the list oh he has to give you things right he has to give you things and set up the, the, the room, set up the, um, the living room and ask him, give me the ball, give me this, give me that, nothing. And then he did, and then we have a breakthrough with numbers. He started liking numbers because I was reading books with my finger all the time. And then I live in this big building with lots of apartments and the numbers are lights like you know the apartments have lights you know with the numbers it's very flashy and then he uh the first word he said was six six he, yeah six and i'm like well i live in the six i live in the level oh. six. and then was the first thing he said and then i was oh all right he likes numbers all right so then he can he could walk so then january last year i started walking in the building 18 floors asking permission to the people that live there sneaking the leaf going in the leaf pressing all the numbers and going to different numbers and then showing here i just have videos i just checked the other day and then four hours every day going outside wow number by number number by number pointing and show me the number show me the number show me the six show me the four show me the three show me is he talking <laughs> like, much or no oh oh my goodness he points after five months so i'm think he was would he say six months. would he say six if you prompted him if you say six would he say yeah. six back or no now, no. but we got him a book and then another book, big book with numbers that has a big chart with one to 100. And then I continue my, my, I just was not aware about the problem about talking. The only thing I wanted, it was for him to point. I wanted to point. I, that talking part, 
that was too advanced for me because he's not aware of copying me what I'm doing. He will okay. never talk. Like, it's like you are in level, they start life so many steps behind. Then talking is kind of, wow, I'm not even going to talk about that because it's just too advanced at this yes. stage. So I want him to point, I want him to show me what he's interested in, like to me, like, look at the six, look at the four, look. And then he did at 17 months. Oh. And then uh, he pointed. And then with that book, he just not just say six. He start going to one to 50. He got to 50. Like, wow. I start going one to 10, one to 18, because they are the, like the, the, the levels of the building. He just continue. 17, 18, 20, for no, like, he was screaming numbers in the street. Like, I was in the pram. And then he, he was, was screaming numbers in the like street. 46, 46. Oh, so he's he went, saying the numbers then. Yeah, he's saying, yeah, after the pointing, I could see how the breakthrough of the language came. So then I was not looking for that, but happened naturally because the nonverbal communication. The nonverbal communication is so important. After when I was accepted in therapies, they made me read so many books. And then I understood, it's like, all oh, right, oh, they can do this because the brain doesn't work the same. Is they have this mirror neuron, you know, like the imitation skills are not that connected. So then he will not talk because he can imitate. He cannot imitate actions. He but, cannot. But he was saying the numbers. But yeah, like, but I mean, I could understood why the talking was not happening because, yes. because they can imitate you. So you have to teach to imitate first. And then the pointing and and the interest he has. He didn't have interest to say up. He didn't have interest to say water. He didn't have interest. He just wanted to say numbers. So I gave it to him. I go from what one, did motivate him? Yeah, exactly. What was like, he motivated by? By numbers. It was by, just numbers. He it gets excited his, about numbers. He just wanted to say all the numbers. Like, I say it, I repeat it. I, oh. He say it, I repeat it. The repetition of okay. the number coming from me, that was what he, oh, like, you could see his eye. Like, you know, it was, I don't know why. It's, I think it's very normal for kids with ASD. So, so you I get excited. Can I ask you, how do you handle this emotionally? You, you find out very early in his yeah. life that he is on a different path. And then how you're very excited to have the baby. It's your dream come true. You find out this information. How do you react? Does yeah. it upset you? How do you feel? How do you handle that when you get the diagnosis? I think what I can talk just my experience and I have come 
uh, with my husband talk about this. I was literally so sad because I could not notice. I could not see it. I could not see, like, you know, I feel very guilty, like a lot of parents. It was like two people. It was me getting very, like, I used to walk with him. I didn't know what to do with him. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. I didn't know what to do. And then all those emotions came and I used to just cry on the street from nothing, just cry. But on the other hand, I know that they told me what to do and I needed to do it. So then it was no time in this moment to me to be paralyzed by the problem. I needed to do something. I have no one in Australia to help me to deal with this. My parents, I explained to them. My father was so handy looking research, sending me information and then all that. But it was like two people, one walking through the grief and the other putting the name in all the waiting lists for therapy that I could find. The other looking like, actively looking, that emotion settled when you get active in doing something. Like, I think the breakthrough for me is like, it took me a while, I would say eight months, to come in peace with this. Like, I used to forget to have shower. I used to forget to to go and check my, my friends. I, because of depression? The, because the anxiety, because yes. I just didn't. I think it's related with depression, but it was more like, I don't have energy. I have no mm. energy. I'm just too sad. I'm just like, don't know what is going to happen. And I don't know if I am doing the right thing with yes. him. So then one day I remember... I was rushing to therapy because I had to pick up, drop up, and you know, like all probably people that are in this journey, you have to book services, he books it, and you have to drive one hour sometimes. And then I remember I get out and I was rushing, like, and I just like put my kid in therapy. And then I left the car open with the keys inside, wow. with my wallet inside, with everything inside. Oh, and no. I left, oh, and no. I left, and I left. And then I dropped my kid in therapy, and I, oh, he got in therapy. And then I left, and I said, oh, I want a coffee. I, where is my, where is my bag? I don't know, like, where is my keys? I have no, I have no recollection. Wow. I just, like, I was walking, like, blackout all the wow. time. And then I come back to the car, all open, the boot open because I took the pram out and then my key was inside. It wasn't and there, oh. No, no, it was there. Oh, and it was. It was there, yeah, because the garbage man was outside. Oh. Like the person that was picking up the garbage, he was looking at my car, like because it was early in the morning. He was looking at the car and he looked at me like, you little car, that you realize that you... And then I remember I see it and I cry and I say, I need some help. Yeah. I just need help. And then I spoke to my husband and I saw a few times a psychologist. Um, 
But that happened before. I took my son to another checkup with pediatrician because she wanted to see him after a few months. And I remember she looked at him. By that time, he was talking already. He's talking sentences now. He's two years okay. and two months. He's talking in sentences. Oh, that's he's, great. Um, he's, uh, the functional words came after the pointing. That's great. And then just continue modeling language, modeling language, modeling language. The numbers are still there, but now it's alphabet too. Let us, so we go parkings now and read plate numbers four times every day. <laughs> like anything I can do, right, to interest him. Anyway, the functional came, uh, so the pediatrician looked at him and said, that's great. He's doing what he means to be doing and you're doing such a good job. So I needed that a little bit yeah. from someone. And then she looked you at me. You put a lot of work. Yeah, and she was like, you are a mess. She <laughs> said to me, she said to me, what are you doing for yourself? Yeah. And two days before I had the accident with the car, and then I was like, oh, nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm just tired. I'm so exhausted. And then after that meeting with pediatrician, she recommended me a psychologist to go and just talk a few times. And then... Did that I, help? Yeah, like, oh my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did three or four times. I uh, stopped because the holidays. Um, but um, that helped. Like, after eight months, you came, I came in my case, I came peace. I am in peace. I'm in peace now, now like okay. after eight months, like September, I'm not rushing anymore. I see it. I'm in peace in my heart. That is his journey and that's my journey. And he will not fit the system. He will not he, what? He will not fit the system. I mean, you have that idea. Oh, he will go to school. He will go to kinder. He will go this and that. And the fact that, you know, you have all those emotions thinking, is he going to be able to talk? Is he going to be able to point? Is right. he going to be able to go in the slide? <laughs> because right. he could not do it. It's just overwhelmed you because you don't know. But then when you come in peace in your heart, you are thinking, he doesn't need to go to school. I can homeschool him. Right. He doesn't need to do what other kids do because he will be in his own terms. I mean... Did you do anything else besides the psychology? I think I start talking to close friends. Like, okay. you know, those people that are in your life for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then just talking about shivery, like talking about gossip, talking about how your life was before. Like, you know where you left your life one yes. year ago? That helped me. Listen funny things um, like Conan O'Brien, the podcast or stuff like, like to make you laugh. And your life is the same. You just have a fantastic human being. I mean... The fact that we walk through the numbers, he now does additions. Wow. Like, and then I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> like, it's like we go in the swing now. He, he wants to go now to playground. And 
we count to 1,000 in the swing. And wow. then all the parents look at me like, such a tiger mom, you're forcing your child to count to 1,000. How old I is he everybody. now? He's two years and two months. How did your husband handle it? I think I was the more affected one um, okay. on this. My husband always was very, have a nephew, sorry, have a neighbor that have disability. And she, and he has um, Down syndrome cousin, very close. Uh-huh. So he has this chip of inclusion that it's okay. It's fine. He was very, um, he was strong in this. He was working, but he was ahead of me. He's ahead of me in everything. And he loved it. He loved it. He loved it that we have this quirky little boy that uh-huh. is just, it's just funny. The vocabulary came after the all the numbers. And then still a lot uh, to work with him. But he had another five weeks ago, another autism assessment. Okay. Pretty much in the spectrum he is, I said, pretty much. But he had reached the milestones for all the two-year-old, like eating with a spoon, drinking with open cup, taking a the- chew, and <laughs> so much work. Because of all your work. I mean, a lot of people that I interview on the show, when they find out, they become paralyzed and they're not able to even function. Um, They're not able to. So you were able to keep working, which is a testament to your strength. And it sounds like your son is benefiting great because of the hard work that you did. So he's really lucky to have such an awesome mom. You should be proud of yourself. (laughs) It's just like... I think what helped me the most is just one person told me like long time ago, you just need to be to the one day at a time. Don't think in the future. Don't think about it's not talking. It's not doing that. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to focus indeed one thing in one thing. Like, you know, like everybody I talk, a lot of parents reach me in the Facebook groups and stuff like I'm not that active anymore. But those kind of groups save my mental health because not that I was posting, but I was reading. I was reading. My son today have a tantrum. My son today did this. My like you know other people. Yeah. And then you come back and it's like, oh, that happened to me too. Oh, you know, I can't relate to that. And then that saved my soul a little bit, like no feeling a little bit comfort that it's mm-hmm. more people out there doing this. And then the main problem in Australia is fine therapy. Okay. It's not people, it's six months to one year waiting list for therapy. I was lucky to get a speech one hour a week and one hour occupational therapy, like for five months. And after five months, begging, begging to the provider to give me room for ESDM, you know, the early intervention, Denver yes. model, whatever it is. And they give me two days. So that means six hours. That's it. Wow. And the rest is on the parents. The rest is on the parents. But saying that I'm just lucky that we adjust all budget and then 
my husband is the one who is working and I can dedicate time because a lot of parents can do this. So I know how lucky I am. But then one year after all this, I call then reach the hours to 16 hours. One year after. Okay. Like it's so hard to find therapies. It's not ABA here. It's like no America. It's the system. It's a lot of need for people to work in this. Yes. And it's not enough people. It's too many parents outside. They don't know what to do when you get a diagnosis. Right. And the therapists that they recommend you are 30 hours per week. I mean, why you feed with 30 hours per week <laughs> with a 14-month baby? I mean, and then those therapies cost in Australia 120000 per year. 120000 wow. wow. Per hour is $200 per hour if you want a casual therapy. Wow. A regular person can pay 120000 no. per year, and then no. the anxiety comes because you have this kid that needs you, and then you don't have the money. Or yeah. if you have the money, you don't have services because it's six months, right? <laughs> oh, so then so it's not it's no insurance that covers things here. It's no insurance that money that you, oh, I have my insurance, they pay. It's, the insurances don't cover here. Thank you, God. I'm just saying, thank you. Five years ago, opened a federal scheme for disability in Australia. It's called National Disability Insurance Scheme. It's uh-huh. called NDIS, and then it was funding in each state to help people with disability. Say helping, they give you funding to pay those therapies. Wow. Then it became a national scheme five years ago where all the states put together those funds with the condition that the federal government will get more money. So you have the funding from the states plus a federal, like more money. And then parents like me need to go through all the paperwork through the government to get funding. But saying that they give you very generous amount of money to cover therapies, but you have to cover all the gaps. It's still a lot of money (laughs) to cover. So then you have the problem of your kids. I just can't thank the doctor who told me this earlier. Because most of the kids get diagnosed after three or after two years and a half. Right. And then in Australia, you have to wait six months to one year to get all organized. Then your kids start receiving therapies later. Right? Yes. So then the you problem. Start. Yeah. So then you have time. Then, because my case. But now that I have a therapy place to talk to other parents, and they said, no, we just start with history. Because it took us six months to organize everything. Then you are like, in the, you don't know what to do in the meantime. And yeah. then jump in the internet, and the only thing that you find is that, oh, I can cure autism. You pay me all this money and I can give you the solution for the autism. Yeah. And they promise you all those uh, 
solutions that are not existent. I, like, you know, so much money, and then we are so vulnerable. I and know, then, it breaks my heart. Yeah, and then, because you don't know what to do, and then you just come back, and it's what someone told me, one day at a time, don't worry, he's too young. That's great advice. One step in front of other, like, you know, your foot in front of other to make sure you don't fail. Yes. And then focusing one thing, focusing one thing. And then that was my focus. That pointing is my focus. I'm going to focus if he's got the point. Yes. And then. Numbers. Uh, the numbers came because him. And then. Oh, okay. no, and the bad thing, knowing your child, what is your child motivation? He will right. not do anything if he does not have motivation. Right. The language part, that's so hard. The language hard, the cure for the language I have learned, is not something you can prompt. It's something that has to come naturally from them, like motivation. Like you have this thing to open. I was so mean to him. I was just like, no opening. You have to stay open or make a sound or something. And then put everything in my house on top chairs. Yes. And then playing dumb all day. Like, yeah. where is my car? I don't know. Pointed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like every day, everything was related to talk or pointing high things from him, high yeah. everything, and then just do those kind of everyday life, make it a little bit therapy <laughs> oriented for him. Then uh, just one thing at a time, just one step at a time, one thing, and then everything will fall into place after that. So. You cannot ask a child because when you go to a speech therapy, my heart was so broken that she just keeps blowing bubbles to my son, the therapist. Yes. And I finished so angry. And I said, I can blow bubbles at home. Right. I don't have to pay $200 for you blowing bubbles. Yes. But then you understand. You understand that it's a process that it has to have motivation. So I found that his motivation was numbers. And then he wake up in the mornings and tell me 87. Wow. 44. Just and out I, of nowhere, huh? Nowhere. And then I found out that he sees numbers everywhere. So he remembers McDonald's is 337 building. Oh, so he said, I want one of thirty-seven, and well, that's it. Yeah. Well, Lulu, we're coming close to running out of time here. I love your one day at a time approach and one foot in front of the other. What's next for you and your son? What's next on your list? I think the next step is just to jump to the sixteen to twenty hours therapy next year, and then come back and reevaluate my next step is that he can reach the 1000 words and then continue with the language and then riding a bike. I think it will be like a real tricycle. It would be yeah, that'd be great. 
That's and how about for you? How about what's next for you? Because all my bad experiences with therapies, waiting lists, I'm going to formally start a master in ABA. Yeah, like this year. We so need then, it. Yes, yeah, so then I need to focus on that this year and then reevaluate me my career opportunities in the future and then um, think what I'm going to do. Yeah, but start studying more to understand more because I don't know a lot. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you know a lot. And I appreciate that you came on the show today and shared your journey. And I would love to connect in the future and yeah, hear and get the update. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Thank you it's so, so much. It's so nice to meet you. Uh, and I wish you all you. the best, you and your oh, me son. Too. Yeah, okay. thank you so much for doing this. You're great. Bye oh, bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. Bye.